The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Welcome to Truth Transforms Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles Here's your host, Rev. Galen McDowell Welcome to Truth Transforms. I am your host, Galen McDowell, and I'm the executive minister and senior assistant minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. Uh, I'm bringing back some guests that I had on the show a month ago, uh, the Reverend Sherry James and Corey Chapman, to discuss their program, The Wealth Habits, because they had... They were talking about the launch and what it meant to have uh, solid financial education and empowerment, and I wanted to bring them back so we can continue the conversation, and they can talk about how the program is currently helping people free themselves from the experience of lack of money, lack of financial education, and empowerment. So hello, uh, uh, Sherry and Corey. How are you doing? Hey, Yellen, how you doing today, sir? Doing well. Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. So, again, as I stated to the callers, um, and I want to put the number out early, so if you all have uh, money questions, you can just call in and ask them. Uh, you can call in at 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. And I want to just start with, first of all, um, you know, how did the mini series go? You and if you all could give some context for maybe people who didn't hear the last show from a month ago about the mini series, could you explain what the mini series was and how did it go? Sure. So the mini series was really to give people a taste of challenge to change, and and we our our platform is Wealth Habits Academy, and we have the Wealth Habits Podcast. And we were looking for a way to really answer questions that we were getting from our listeners on the podcast to just understand how to incorporate this information into their lives. And so we wanted to share with them our 10, uh, 10, step, or 10 strategy system for employing wealth habits. And so we wanted to create a course that was like robust that gave people some actionable information to really help them. And so we boiled it down down to the five basic 
principles, if you will, uh, for creating financial freedom. And and that's what we gave in the mini series. So know your words, know your numbers, know what's important, know your tools, and know your generator. And those five basic habits, if you will, are the things that any person, like everything boils down to that. It's kind of like if you were a musician, these would be your scales. These are the, the things that you've got to do every day that need to be a part of your fundamental system if you are really talking about having financial freedom. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. So um, could you all drill down a little bit more on what those five, I know you just gave them, but just a sure. recap of what you gave last, uh, a month ago, about the five foundational wealth habits? So, Corey, you want yeah. to? <laughs> yeah, I'll dive into it. Yeah, so when Sherry was talking about the know your words, right, this comes down to understanding your vocabulary, right? There are certain terms that, we hear every day when it deals with money, but because of the fact that we may not understand those words, we can't really apply the principles around finance, right, around money. So when you hear the term taxes, right, we all know we pay taxes in some form or fashion, but we may not think of it from a standpoint of, oh, at the end of the day, or should we think of it normally at the end of the day, we're talking about, oh, I got to file my taxes on April 15th, and that's kind of how we look at taxes, or I got to pay some sort of sales tax when I buy something. But when we start talking about taxes and it deals with money, we're really trying to figure out what type of money is growing at what level and what type of tax bucket does that actually fall into. So I'll give you an example. You know, if you have money growing in your 401k plan, your retirement plan, that's considered a tax-deferred bucket, right, which basically means that money is going to be uh, – you're going to earn interest on that money, but you don't pay any taxes on that until you decide to start taking the funds out down the road, right, so you're deferring the taxes. Now, why is that important? Well, because when you start strategizing with money and trying to figure out how to grow your money, there are certain principles that you start learning when you understand how money grows and how you have to pay those taxes. And if you can figure out a way to offset those taxes and pay them at a different time or pay them at a lower rate, that then keeps more money in your pocket. So uh, that's kind of a concept of the words, right? So you're understanding the vocabulary because we believe that once you understand the vocabulary, you know, it'll help you start playing the game at a different level. And so that's what Know Your Words is about. When we talk about Know Your Numbers, right, this is now about where's your money going to, right? You know, how much are you spending? Is inflationary costs coming into play? Is that costing you more money than you would normally need to pay if you follow the different process? So we want to make sure that people are starting to get the understanding of where money is coming from and how it works. So this is really what the principle around the process kind of started out as. It was just basically diving into some simple terms and understanding how to leverage those terms, but knowing it more from not just the word and the definition, but knowing how to apply it towards your actual wealth management so that you can grow your wealth more exponentially. Okay. All right. All right. I, I love that. Can I add something to that? Um, and I'm just thinking more about just, just because this is um... – I, you know, I'm familiar with language that, that we use sort of in our, our, you know, spiritual community. It would be like saying, you know, I know what the definition of an affirmation is, but do I actually know how to use it? And so people confuse understanding a definition with actually knowing how to use it. And unfortunately, in the finance, in, in, in managing your personal finances, just knowing the definition of a word is not enough. And very often, it's being used against you, like taxes, like compound interest, 
like budget, like like all those things that we talked about in the miniseries, and you don't even know it. You just feel it in the form of I'm always running out of money or I'm always like, a, you know, a, a day late and a dollar short. And, and so you're having the lived experience of not having enough. And what you don't know is that it's the words that you don't have or don't know how to use or don't know how to apply them that are actually creating that, that experience for you. Okay. Okay. So obviously it, we're talking about comprehension because you can use a word yeah. all the time and not necessarily understand what it means. And you can hear terminology and, you know, for instance, you know, I'm, I might understand, you know, at a basic level how to turn the switch on, my lights come on, but I don't know if how to make the light switch come on. I, I can pay my bill, obviously, calm it, and then, but if there's a breakdown, I need to make sure I get somebody who understands how to make what I'm paying for give me the results I want, which in that context yeah. would be light, right? So, so what you all are doing is basically helping people utilize what they already have to get what they want. Would that be accurate? Yes. Okay. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, as we're uh, as since we already mentioned the mini series, um, and you launched on July 24th, can you talk a little bit about the results your students are getting right now? Sure. Corey, you want to jump in there first? You want me to go? Because I'm. I, I sure. 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 <laughs> Okay. Well, you, you know, I think it's, um, you know, we've been really surprised at how much engagement and how much response we actually have gotten. And, uh, you know, it, it was funny, the day that we launched, it was like a so real experience because of the fact that over the last four and a half, five months when we've been putting this thing together, it was like all these little tedious things that you have to do you know, to make this thing work. Is the email going out on the right day? Do we have it launching on the right time? Is, you know, there's just so many different things. And so when it finally went live, you know, it was so real because we started getting a flood of people calling in and, and looking onto the Facebook page and, and, you know, watching the training and we could see, you know, how many people were going through it. And it was just a, it was a great experience. You know, what I love about it is that, the engagement from people through our Facebook group has been phenomenal. Like we, there were some people that were saying things that were bringing tears to Sherry and I eyes because they were just so impacted by the program and how they were able to kind of start looking at their current situations differently because we gave them new ways to kind of look at the approach of kind of growing their wealth. And uh, so, you know, I know Sherry has some testimonies that came over. I'll let her share those with it. But I got to tell you, it, it's been an also real experience because I feel like at the end of the day, when we started thinking about this program, it was really about us impacting people's lives and, and the masses. You know, we do live events all the time. and so, But this was something that we felt that we could reach not only domestically but internationally. And it didn't matter where they were at. We could still uh, use these fundamental principles pretty much anywhere they were at. Well, beautiful, beautiful. So, uh, do you, so uh, Sherry, do you have some testimonies you want to share? That, that yes, you know, yes, yes, oh. yes, yes. Um, and so, so some of it is 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 you know bringing up, is people just getting aha moments. Um, someone yeah. wrote uh, back said that I look back over my past experiences and my mistakes, and I realized like how resilient I am. And yes, I'm ready to press forward uh, to a new level in my life. Um, uh, another person said, I always thought of myself as a money magnet, 
attracting money, but now I see how my use of credit worked against me repelling the very thing that I desire. You know, um, uh, you know, and it's it's really uh, like just really really powerful testimonies of people breaking through limitations, things that like plague them for life. Like get like they they've been they've been this way for as long as they can remember, and being able to get um, you know breakthroughs. Uh, there, like one person said, you know, um, my new habit that I plan to implement is a budget. I've avoided it all my life. I've always thought of a budget as too time consuming. I do my list of bills monthly. I do pay my tithes first, and then I have, you know, 10% automatically deducted and placed in an investment account, but I don't have those other buckets for when extra things come up. And then this person said, just this morning, there was a car repair of $1,800 that was unexpected. And so she was like, yes, I am ready for a change. So it, it's it's the real practical stuff that we are helping people to really get a handle on, and they may have had a lifelong habit in the wrong direction, and now that we are teaching them the wealth habits that's putting them on the path to financial freedom, they're now able to get some real wins that, that can make a difference in their experience. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. So oh, were you about to say something, Corey? No, I, I, like I said, I think that um, the experience that they are having, I think, is not that we're teaching them new things. We're just opening up their, I guess, the way that they see things, right, a little bit differently. You know, when we talk about, because a lot of people have heard pay yourself first, right? They've heard that concept. But the way we kind of applied our pay yourself first gave it a different result because of the fact that it wasn't just about, taking money out and paying yourself first and going to go blow that money on some fun thing. It was about leveraging those assets and leveraging that money that you take out and then putting it into your wealth bucket so it starts to grow and compound over time, and you're setting up multiple buckets to have different intentions of what you want that money to work for. So, for example, maybe you're saving for a house, so you create a wealth bucket for a house, and then as you're putting money out of your tithing to your church, you're tithing to yourself as well, and you're putting money right off the top into that bucket to help you get to that end result that you're looking for. You have a fun account. That fun account is another wealth bucket that says, hey, at the end of every month, I'm going to take this money and literally just blow it on fun. It's not about bills. It's not about taking care of the kids. It's about something that I want to do for myself. So it's like we were teaching them ways to look at things a little differently and being very intentional about the growth process that they were trying to do. So I think that's what's been really fun to watch. So when people look at it and that's kind of showing them a different way to look at that perspective is kind of giving them different outlooks and getting that aha moment to say, hey, now I get it. Now I know it's doing this and why we're doing it now. I think to quote one person, he said, I feel like now instead of doing a budget, I'm actually creating wealth because I'm creating wealth habits. And I thought that was just a huge conversation because when he said that, that's exactly what we were trying to get them to see. It's not about a budget. It's about managing your money and understanding how your money can grow if you're putting it in the right places and if you have intention behind it. So uh, I want to make sure that people know if they can still be a part of the program. I know you launched, but can people still register for the course? And if so, where do they go to register? Yeah, by all means, they are definitely able to still register right now. You can go to mywealthhabit.com. The program is still running into the end of the week, and uh, so they still have access and time to get in. I got to tell you, the thing I'm looking forward to is that we've had a lot of great response, and 
we're launching the paid course that goes into effect on Saturday. And one of the first courses that we're doing is going to be the thing called the 6 a.m. club. Uh, that's the one I'm excited about working with because that's where we get the chance to dive in really deep and talk about your own personal stuff that you're going through in a private group setting where you can kind of talk about your things that have been holding you back, and we're going to work with you to kind of get through those processes. Okay, okay, all right. I want to make sure yet again that people can call in and ask questions if they want. You can call in at 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. We want to see, you know, what we can do if you have questions before we take our 1030 break. Um, so both of you all mentioned tithing several times. So is this a question that comes up in the program, and how do you uh, – you mentioned somewhat of it, but how do you tackle it when people come up and say, look, you know, I'm a dedicated church member, I tithe off the top, and I want to be able to build wealth and maintain my commitment to my uh, spiritual organization or church or center? Sure. So I'll, I'll jump in on this one. Uh, that's a good story. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> the, the, the tithing is an essential part of, of wealth building, uh, and it's tithing, you know, to the place where you're being uh, fed spiritually, and it's also tithing to yourself. And I don't know that that's a concept that that is often talked about, you know, in spiritual circles. But there is no, it, it's both and. Like it, it's it is. Um, You've got to get that tithe to yourself, and in the same way that you are faithful with your um, with your per, with your personal ties to a church, you've got to be faithful with that personal ties to yourself. And and you cannot count yourself wealthy if that is not there, because you have to be setting aside those buckets where you are planning on on basically paying for your future. Okay. All right. Okay. Beautiful. Beautiful. So, you know, you know, when people are talking about becoming aware, because I think what I'm hearing with both of you all say in a real way is the wealth habits allow you to become aware of what you're doing and why you're doing it. And once you become aware, then you can make some different choices based upon what it is that you're seeking to produce in life. And, you know, is it that most people just walk around with a space of lack of awareness around money? Yeah, you know, I think I, I think it, I think it's part of that, but I also think it's it has also to do with, you know, in today and age, a lot of people are not taught about money, right? We go to school to learn history, we go to school and learn English writing skills, but no one's got a class generically unless you're at some of the preparatory schools that starts diving into money at an early age. And unfortunately, I think that's the, the problem that we're having here as we get older. No one sat down and said, really, what is compounding interest and how does compounding interest work, right? No one sat down and said, if I set certain amount of money aside in these types of vehicles, I'm going to generate some certain rate of return more so than I would get in the basic savings account. So I think it's like financial literacy at, at the end of the day. It's, it's, it's exposing them to things that, unfortunately, society, I believe, hasn't done a good job at teaching individuals, right? Because that's why when it comes to money and people start talking about money, it's such a taboo thing. Most people won't tell their friends about how much money they have set aside or what they do differently. It's like something that's 
you know, in that hidden secret that never comes up. And I think that's because of the fact that a lot of people don't understand money. And because they don't understand money, they don't feel comfortable enough sharing ideals or strategies that they may be doing because they're not even sure if they're doing it right. So I think that has a lot to do with it, me personally. I agree with you, Corey. And I think that it's like people, they're afraid of what they don't know and they are ashamed of what they don't know. And so it's, and and they feel like they should. Like it, it's it's this weird combination. And I think that's one of the things that we really try to do in the Wealth Habits Academy is just be transparent with. Look, here's where you need, here's what you need to be doing with your money. Here's how you need to have like a comfortable conversation about money with your spouse. You know, here's uh, you know what you should be asking for in a professional setting. So just some basic things that I think people just don't feel comfortable with and feel like they should know but are embarrassed that they don't know and won't ask questions to actually get any better. Yeah, and I will say this, I will say this one thing, though, is that whether somebody has a, has a, 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 an intention that they're aware of or not, everyone has a money intention, like a, a right. set of habits right. and things that they're doing around money, whether or not they are conscious of it. And it is either moving money into their life or repelling money out of their lives. One, yeah, I'm going to say one of the things we talk about in this program is that it is a money game and everybody is playing the game. The question is, are you playing the game and are you winning the game or are you losing the game? And the only way you can win the game is you have to know the rules, right? And if you don't understand the rules of the game, you can never win at something if you don't understand how to play. And so what we're basically trying to do is equip people to understand what the rules of money are, right? If you understand the rules, it's like playing Monopoly. We talked about it in our, in our podcast. It's like playing Monopoly. If you were told and you never played Monopoly before and there were two people sitting at that table prior to you coming into the game and they said, okay, here's the rules. Every time you go around the board and you pass go, you have to pay each player $200. Then you're sitting going, okay, well, if that's the way the game is played, that's what you do. Not realizing that they just told you the wrong story. They told you the wrong rules, right? Because we all know that playing Monopoly, every time you go around the go board, you actually get paid $200 from the bank. So it's like that's the concept, you know, in a bigger scheme of things, that's how most people are playing in life, right? They don't understand the rules of the money game, and they're just going through their day-to-day following the process that they've been told, but not understanding if it's the right rules that they're following. And that's what we're trying to get people to understand. It's the rules that you have to understand in order to be able to play the game and win. Right. So so as you were t- talking, Corey, this statement came in my mind. Um, we've, been, we've been entertained, not empowered. There you go. For sure. So, For sure. So, you know, I'm I'm sure Sherry's gonna steal that. Um, I, I'm, I'm almost sure positive. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's gonna be to <laughs> yeah, you you know she already wrote that down. Okay, that'll be in the next conversation. She will own that like it was hers. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, but no, but I think that that is exactly it. And unfortunately, with money. It's it is either it's, if you don't if you've been entertained and not empowered, it is running you in the ground, and so your life is actually getting financially poorer and poorer and poorer. And the thing about having a financially poor experience is that it's very hard to feel your absolute best when your money is in chaos, because it's always that little anxiety in the back of your mind that where you can never just relax. I mean, just even just that, just imagine being able to relax around money. 
and to have the weight off of your shoulders and to not to I don't know if anybody even many people even associate money without associating some type of pressure and that type of lifestyle is available for you if you put the wealth habits in place and commit to them no matter what all right yeah, all right we, I, we I, have about yeah. go ahead go ahead Corey go ahead yeah you got a, you got a commercial take go ahead no no I have three minutes before the commercial so I wanted to ask you all about the C-suite and what that is and what that entails. <laughs> so, you know, I'll talk a part of base of it and I'll let Sherry kind of dive in the meat of it. But basically the C-suite is really a way for you to identify who you are, right, in all aspects of your life. It's a, we partnered up with a company called Intermetrics, and it's a way for you to take a test that helps you with your personalities. But not only just your personalities, but it helps you dive into how to bring out the best person in you. So you'll learn a lot about, you know, what are the things that you should be doing in your lane that's going to make you be successful. We always talk about, you know, good to great, right? There's a great book out there by uh, Mr. Collins there, and he talks about going from good to great. And the thing is that when you think about that, you can be good at a lot of things, but you can only be great at probably one really good thing, right? And what this C-suite program offers is your ability to find out where's your lane, what are the things that you're great at, and how do you leverage those things to take you to that next level? And then more importantly, once you figure that process out, now it becomes who are the people that you need to bring into your, your core group or your team to help you get to that next level, to help you go to the place that you've always wanted to go, but you didn't have all the tools in place to make that happen. So we love this program because it does just that. It's a, a pretty robust, detailed uh, personality test that kind of goes really deep into a lot of areas that kind of help you find out how to play in your lane and be exceptional at that part that you do. And more importantly, who else do you need to bring into your lane so you can associate with them to help you kind of mastermind yourself to, a, to the next level? So, you know, I love this program. And Cheryl will tell you a little bit about what the RC suite is as far as the the actual acronyms that we use and why we use them accordingly. Well, well, what I would yeah. do is because we before we do that because we have one minute before the before the break okay. and I I want to give this justice to explain it properly. So let me do my quick commercial. We'll take our three minute break and then when we come back, we'll jump right on explaining what the acronym means and giving people a drill down on what it means. So let me just say, first Perfect. of all, that you can touch base with Christ Universal Temple on our live stream on Sundays at 1030 a.m. via our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple, or our YouTube page, which is CU Temple. You can also touch base with us Monday through Friday for our Facebook live sessions at noon based upon the daily inspiration for better living. We have a temple to, uh, a show called Temple Talks with Reverend Wells has on Facebook, 7 p.m. Central Time, just at uh, Rev Derek Wells, and you'll find it on Facebook. And we also have a consciousness building call on Thursdays at 6 p.m. Central Time, which you can go to the website or our Facebook page to get that information. We would like you, to, when you go to our website, which is www.cutemple.org, which you also can watch the live stream on, make sure that you... Uh, you know, con get on our e-blast so you can make sure you're getting the up-to-date information. So we'll be right back with Truth Transforms.
You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Truth Transforms with your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I forgot to say during my commercial that I have a seminar coming up that you can watch for free online. My seminar, Developing the Mind for Success, will uh, be on Facebook, our Facebook page, Christ Universal Temple, and our YouTube page, CU Temple, at on Saturday at 12 p.m. Central Time. So if you want to learn some principles, techniques, and, and the skills you need to produce the success you want, I highly recommend that you check this seminar out. Trust me when I tell you, it's going to be great. You're going to get some some principles, you're going to get some examples, you're going to get some techniques, and most importantly, my goal is to spark the divine intelligence that's already within you. So you can learn how to connect with the aspect of your soul that already understands success and can guide you properly. So you can get in contact with your own GPS, your own God's planning system. So you can produce the results that you desire in your life. So make sure that you're on Saturday, 12 p.m. It's 12 p.m., not up until 2 p.m., the way I have it planned out, but make sure that you stop and you're not multitasking and you just listen. And if you can't listen at that time, we're going to leave it on Facebook. We're going to leave it on the Facebook page. We're going to leave it on the YouTube page for you to watch it, share it with people, create watch parties on Facebook for it, share it, text it to people on YouTube. Let's get this good information out so we can help transform the world and make a world that people are invested in because they know they can succeed. So, all right. So I'm back with my guest, uh, the Reverend Sherry James and Corey Chapman, the creators of the wealth habits. And I want to make sure that you can call in and ask questions. You can call in at 816-251-3555, 816-251-3555. Call in. If you have money questions, don't let them get past you. Ask your money questions. Call in. Uh, so, uh, Reverend Sherry, before you start talking about the C-Suite, could you give the information yet again for how people can get in contact or sign up for the Wealth Habits, and then we can transition into what the C-Suite means? Sure. Um, so everyone can go to My Wealth Habits, and that's singular, H-A-B-I-T, MyWealthHabits.com, and they'll, they will be able to sign up right there. Beautiful, beautiful. So can we go in now into the C-suites? I asked you to hold on so I can make sure that I had the complete context of what you were seeking to share. Got it. So this, what is special about this assessment is that they did a study, the genius study, uh, that looked at a correlation between hard work and success. And what they found was that there was no correlation between hard work and success. And if you talk to anybody and you ask them, are they a hard worker, generally the answer is yes by whatever their definition is. But what they found was that the correlation was actually found between self-awareness and authenticity. 
And the more self-aware and the more authentic a person is, the more successful that they will be. And so you'll find that there are many people that, that are talented, but they're not necessarily aware of themselves. And so they can't, they're, they, they're applying their talent in a lane that does not belong to them. And so what I, or what I, what the, the assessment helps do and what we do as far as coaching uh, is to help you understand where is my personal zone of genius? Where's the place where I win all the time? And if people could get that there's a place where you win all the time and that success in life is about finding it and then maxing out that lane, that's what that assessment helps you to do and helps you get some coaching around that. And then it helps you to know what do I need to say no to because, you know, there are likely areas in your life, especially if you are not enjoying the type of success that you know you should have, there are are places where you have said yes that you really need to say no so that you can say yes to that zone of genius. So that's really the, the, the piece about the assessment that is, I think, the most important part. And so there are four, only ever four personality types that we're ever dealing with. Uh, and the, the assessment is labeled it DISC. And so we've come up with our own naming system. And the, there's one personality type that is the CEO personality type. This is that person that is, you know, direct, demanding, driven, focused, all of those things. And then there is the, the CHRO or the Chief Human Resources Operator. This is that person that's very interested in the people experience. And I know you always know somebody. They are the life of the party. Um, they want to make sure that everybody is having a good time, and they're probably inspirational. Um, Will Smith is an example of somebody that's a C, the, the CHRO personality. And then there's the COO personality, and this is the type of person that's interested in, in, in systems, and they are very interested in, in, like, how does everything work together? And let me make sure before we, like, run off and jump off this cliff that we actually have all of our systems in place. And then there is the CFO personality that also is a, a little bit of an introverted personality that is very much about, you know, documentation. You know, they're the ones that are always keeping the order inside of an organization. And the thing is, is that you land in one of those personality quadrants. And the question is, are you playing your role and are you filling out the rest of your C-suite with other team members or are you a COO trying to operate in the lane of the CEO and that's just not where your gift is. That's not, that's not where your zone of genius is. So we really dive in with you, help you to understand where do I win best and then how do I structure my life, every aspect of my life, finances in this instance, with chat with the first course that we're launching, but how do I structure my life so that I'm always setting myself up to win? Okay. All right. So it, so really what you just explained was the psychology of wealth, that it's a psychology yeah. to it. And if you don't understand your psychology, then you can yeah. – create habits that won't produce wealth that actually work against you because you don't know what you're doing and you don't and you're not connected to the right people to help you do what you need to do. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay, cool. So, 
Um, I wanted to talk about how you all tackle the subject of credit. You know, we have different people that are on different ends of the spectrum. You know, the, the Dave Ramsey, all credit is bad. Uh, all, you know, all debt is bad versus maybe on the other spectrum, you know, the Robert Kiyosaki's that there's a difference between good credit, bad credit. How do you handle that subject? Well, you know, I think when it comes to credit, first and foremost, the society that we live in revolves around credit, unfortunately. And I think that at the end of the day, it's something that has to be managed just like you would manage money. Um, because I believe that a lot of the things in our society will not allow us to have the results that we want or the opportunities that we want without having good credit. So, you know, I think that everyone goes through, especially being entrepreneurs, I think every entrepreneur I know has always have gone through some form of fashion where their credit may have got dinged for some reason or another. But it's all about rebuilding and making sure you're being really good intentional about the process of trying to rebuild credit. I think right now, especially the way we are in this economy when it comes to lending money, borrowing money, and so forth, we have to have credit play a factor in that. So I, I think just as much as you're putting your intentions to growing your wealth, you also should be putting your intentions into growing good credit. Uh, because especially when you're starting to build a business and you're trying to build a business, you need to have good credit in order to apply for the certain loans and apply for things that are going to help you build your business and give you a, a better opportunity to get to that next level. All right, we have a caller coming in, so let me bring the caller in that so she can ask the question. Beverly, are you there? Oh, wait a minute. I don't know what just happened. She got disconnected. She was set up, and now she's gone. Um, you know, those things happen. So, Beverly, I don't know what happened, but if you want to call in, please call back in and um, go from there. Did uh, uh, Sherry, did you want to jump in on the credit conversation at all before we go forward while we're waiting for the caller to call back? Yeah, it. I, I yes, only to say that to think of everything in your financial toolkit as a tool that you can use, and when you understand it, you can use it for yourself, and when you don't understand it, unfortunately, in most instances, it's being used against you. And so for many people, without an understanding of credit, credit is bad, but we, you know, there's nothing neither good nor bad. Thinking makes it so. So how you think about debt determines whether or not debt is a hammer hitting you up beside your head or whether or not it's a chisel helping you create your financial future. All right. So um, so how do you tackle the subject of bad credit versus good, bad debt versus good debt? Like, as Corey mentioned, you know, loans for your business, things of that nature versus I got to get this new these new shoes or, you know, <laughs> I just have to have, you know, something that you know, devalues almost immediately. How do you handle that subject when when it comes up in your coaching? Sure. Corey, do you want to tackle that first? Do you want me to jump in? Yeah, you know, look, I think good credit versus bad credit, I think their debt, I think there's always going to be, um, uh, I think there's always going to be, you know, uh, a conversation about what's good and what's bad, right? Cause, but I think that's all relevant to, you know, literally at the end of the day, you know, how you're leveraging that actual credit, right? I think, you know, when it comes to debt, 
you know, we can look at debt from different aspects and you can also decide whether or not that debt is going to be beneficial to you. Because if you, if you borrow money to, well, let me give an example. For all intents and purposes, when you think about um, something like uh, what's called an arbitrage, an arbitrage is when a bank basically borrows money from the Federal Reserve and then lends that money back out to its best customer, and it makes the spread in between. So in that sense, you're using that debt that you're borrowing to be able to create more wealth because you're leveraging those assets to grow at a higher rate of return. And so uh, let me simplify it. Let's just assume for all intents purposes. If you knew that you went to your, your local bank and you had a mortgage and your mortgage interest rate was 2% or 3%, I mean, we have some really low, all-time low rates right now that are unbelievably low for 30-year mortgages. And you imagine that you had a 2% cost to have that mortgage. But then you said at the same time, you had all this equity and that equity that came out that you used it for, you put it into something that was generating a 5% rate of return or 6% rate of return. That spread between that 2 to 4% or 2 to 5%, that 2% spread is what you're earning on that money. So the question is, was that good debt or was that bad debt? I think it just depends on how you leverage it and how you use it. I don't think there's any wrong or right answer to that. I think it just depends on the individual deciding how they're leveraging and using that debt. Now, when it comes to consumer debt, such as credit cards, right, if you're going on and you're buying a lot of credit card debt because you're buying something you don't actually need and you're not making any money on that, to me, that would be a bad debt. I think you buy things that you can afford because that's largely why most people have financial issues is because they're tying themselves to buying debt or buying things that are going, that they can't really afford and then they get into this this cycle of spending and spending and not being able to get out of that hole. I think if you use a credit card, for me, we use credit cards that on, on the way that we have to pay it off at the end of every month, right? If we're going to use a credit card, it's for convenience more than anything. But I'm saying today you can use your debit card for all intents and purposes to do a lot of purchasing. And it comes right out of your account, and then, therefore, you're not worried about in 30 days I've got this big bill that's due and I, I accumulated all this debt. So I think debt can be used to be beneficial if you have the the resources and more importantly the, the the financial intelligence to know that you want to manage it properly. But at the end of the day, the goal is really about how to leverage it to get you to the results that you're looking for. All right, all right, cool, cool. Yeah. Now, I want to talk, go ahead, go ahead, Sherry. No, 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 no. I just really want to just ditto everything Corey said. And it's just, you know, it's about the plan. And are you mindfully aware of what it is that you're doing? Are you, or which most people are doing credit, they just checked out and, you know, using the card and it's giving them an emotional hit, but they have no real plan uh, for how they're using it. And so it's being used against them. Okay. So what ends up happening is, uh, people end up with a whole bunch of debt that was basically only to satisfy an emotional need at the time. Right. You right. Know, exactly. Uh, exactly. Oh, okay. Now, um, when, how old does a person need to be to be in your program? You know, uh, you know, there might be some people out here who are listening that might be saying, I have a 16-year-old that needs to understand this. And I need to make sure that they have the education I didn't get early on. What's the earliest age a person can sign up for the wealth habits? And and my second question would be, is there plans to have a version of this for young people? 
Um, you know, for me, I and, and so yeah, you can chime in on this as well, but for me, I don't think there's any age limit. You know, I think if the person is, I'll give you an example. I have two younger sons. Uh, one is 22 years old and one is 19, and he'll be 20 at the end of this month. And, you know, because my two boys have grown up in the world of finance and grown up in the world of, you know, entrepreneurship, they're doing things that their peers, like, have no clue of. But it's because they were exposed to it at an earlier age, right? I think kids are sponges, right? And I think because they're sponges, they have a better ability to adapt to things really quick and easy because they just are who they are. And so I think the earlier, the better to me. And I think our program, there's nothing in there that I think is so overwhelming and so out of the concepts that they couldn't grasp it even at an early age. I think, you know, someone coming, you know, in high school, school right now and wanting to learn our program could do well at it. I think if your child is, you know, and you're working with your child about finance and money at an early age, this is some stuff that they'll learn as well. My 11-year-old daughter is a, is a perfect example. You know, she's forever trying to start a new business of her own, you know, at 11. You know, I, I always laugh at how her mind works already because she's been exposed to it. So to me, I think our Wealth Habits program could be for anybody. I don't think there's one set age limit. I think that as you get mature and older, yeah, you have more life experiences and you can kind of grasp some of the concepts that we're doing from a business standpoint and growing standpoint. But I think when we talk about the money habits and we talk about vocabulary and your words and your numbers, I think anyone can leverage on that and use it. Okay. Okay. I All right. I that. I think that it really comes down to are you willing to do the work? And that generally people come to being willing to do the work after they've had enough losses, but there are always those old souls that are willing to jump in right at the top and get it right. And so if you are one of those people, you know, you are 20-something or or teenager and you're hearing this and you feel like, you know what, I don't need to make all these mistakes that I've seen my parents or, or my parents' peers make, then I would say this program is to figure out how to get in this program and be a part of it because it will set you light years beyond where your peers are and you'll be the ones <laughs> rolling out the wealth uh, uh, program, you know, at, at, at your age. You know, it's here, you know, it's funny you said that because I was thinking about this topic. I was talking to one of my boys and, you know, the millennials today, for all intents and purposes, they don't want to do the same thing that their parents did. You know, they don't want to go to work, work a job 40 hours a week, you know, um, do this for 20, 30, 40 years. That's just not where their mindset is at anymore. There are so many studies that are showing how these kids today are leaning towards more entrepreneurial spirit backgrounds where there's no longer that concept where they feel like they have to go to a school for four years before they can start their career. There's so many ways now that these children can learn, you know, via YouTube, TikTok, social media, you know, whatever the social media platforms are, they're learning a lot more at, at a rapid, you know, exponential platform to get them to that next level. So I think right now this is like a perfect time for, you know, kids and people using this uh, at an earlier age because they may spark something out of them learning about C-suite and understanding what it takes for them to grow their own business and start being an entrepreneur and start figuring out how to build their platform. They're going to learn all that inside of our C-suite program. You know, there's going to be things that they're going to learn about money habits that are going to be, they can use at an early age. So I think right now this is probably the most perfect time for it. And I think the earlier the better. If they can get in and understand the concepts, I think they can take that and run with it and learn how to be this entrepreneur that they want to be in this society today. 
Okay, okay. I, I think that's great. I think that's great. You know, one of the things that I really believe is the one thing that has crippled our education system more than anything is the lack of financial education. And uh, as you're talking about, I, I actually had a flashback being in high school and I went to a vocational high school, you know, so we had to learn trades as we went in. I just didn't stick with the trade that I was studying. And uh, because it wasn't my zone of genius. <laughs> so, uh, uh, and, right. <laughs> yeah, but like, I, real know, talk. I, I want to say something, Galen, because I, I don't want to leave out that person that feels like, gosh, I've been this way for so long. So many people are feeling like, you know, I'm too far down the road to change. And that would be like the person who gets a diagnosis, hey, you've got a cancer in the body. And instead of them doing something about it, they just continue the same habits and behaviors and practices. They don't get any support, no medicine, no chemo, no nothing. And they're just like, I'm going to just let this cancer play out. I didn't, it's here, and I'm going to just let it run rampant. And I feel like that's a, a lot of people with their finances is that they're past a certain point and they feel like, well, there's not anything I can do or they're not willing to pay the price to change their habits. And they really could turn themselves around. And, again, you the life without worrying about money. Just imagine, would you be willing to do the work to be that person? It's not that hard. It does take discipline. You do have to put yourself in a community like ours to make something like that happen because your life is organized the way that it is. So, so you need to put yourself in a new group of people. But I want to speak to that person who feels like they are – too far gone to turn around, and I want to tell you that you're not, and and don't, like, get off the fence. Get off the fence and do the work, and you'd be surprised how fast your results will come. You know, Sherry, it's so funny you said that because I think this was, like, a big part of our first week when we started doing our coaching platforms and the live Facebook groups. You know, I and you nailed it right on the button. I think that sometimes we get so complacent in our lives that we just settle for what it is, right? We're just at the point where we become almost in a sense where we're just like, you know, we're giving up and we're like, this is just as good as it's going to get. And I agree with you 100% share what most people have to look at, no matter what age you are, no matter where you are in your life, that change is just doing something different than you did the day before to get you to the new day before that comes after that. That's all change is. So if you're looking at this from a standpoint and saying, oh, this is never going to work, Listen, if you started today and you made one conscious effort to learn a new vocabulary about money, that means that just prompted change. So the next day after that, now you understand a new word that you didn't know just the day before. And that's really how you need to measure things. Unfortunately, we, we live in a society that we want things instantly. We want instant gratification to our process. But we understand at the same time, we need to be able to have the ability to be able to move forward. That's what we want you to do. And it's just taking that first baby step, that mini bite that we use to get you moving forward. Me and Sherry love to talk about the best way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. That is exactly what we're trying to get people to do. Don't settle for where you're at. Go for what you want that you know you deserve because that's what abundance is all about. And if you can move forward by just taking one single step every day, that compound effect starts to work just like it does with your money. And at the end of that year, you're so much further along with your knowledge 
knowledge base, your actual emotional capacity as well as your intellectual capacity grows that much more. Okay, beautiful, beautiful. So we're we're really close. We're about two minutes before, uh, to ending the show. So again, I want to thank you all for coming on and sharing your wisdom. I want people to go give them the website one more time so they can make sure that they can find it, find you all. Absolutely. Go to mywealthhabits.com, mywealthhabits.com. Habit, singular or habits? Singular, habits, singular. Okay, mywealthhabit.com. Got it. Okay. Uh You can find out more information. You can contact them to learn what you need to learn, get what you need to get out of the process because it makes a difference. I want to make sure that you get everything you get you need to get to empower your life. And being a spiritual person also means that you need to have the other things in alignment too. Being spiritual does not mean you neglect your money, neglect your family, neglect your relationships, neglect the other aspects of who you are because you are a holistic being and that means everything that needs to be in harmony with the spiritual you. And that includes your money. Your money. Uh, your money. Yeah. All right. So, you know, so let's, as, as you know, as the younger folks would say, it's time to secure the bag and get what's yeah. necessary <laughs> to do, what's, do, do what you need to do. So in 30 seconds, could you all just give whatever you want to leave people? Yeah, I think you said it right there. Is that we give you the wealth habits to secure the bag? That's it. And 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 really get that you got a bag coming in. It's not about windfalls. Because listen, a lot of money with bad habits gets the same result. So so it it is about having the habits that keep money, no matter how much money comes through the door. All right. All right. So. Yet again, you all know what to do, mywealthhabit.com. Make sure that you get what you need to get to do what you need to do. Check it out for yourself. And if it's something that you feel as though is beneficial for you, and uh, then go forward and go secure that bag. So I want to remind in these last few seconds to make sure, again, that you check out my seminar next week. I mean, this Saturday, 12 p.m. Central Time on Facebook or our YouTube channel, CU Temple. God bless you. I'll be with you next week with True Transforms. Take care. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.